Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram. I love that movie podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. Um, you know, right now we're covering all of the Mandalorian. I actually just recorded uh, the episode for the season finale, which will be out by the time you're hearing this. So if you want to catch up and hear, you know, my thoughts and my guest thoughts on each episode, you can find that on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. It's at patreon.com slash I love that movie. And I do want to take a quick moment to thank my top patrons and they are Chris Balga, Michael Cross, and Philip Barker. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. Um, and we also have a website, um, a Discord, and a Facebook group. So, so many ways to keep up with us and catch up and be part of the conversation. Um, and as always, guys, if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Um, I've got a couple new guests on here today. Um, actually, they're my cousins. <laughs> uh, but also, they are Kurt and Rachel with Enchanted Enigma Crafts. Say hi, guys. Hi. Um, so Kurt and Rachel, you know, I'm very familiar, familiar with you because we are family, but in case people haven't heard your voices before or are familiar with your art, uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves a little bit? Um, okay. Well, I'm Rachel and, uh, I'm one half of Enchanted Enigma Crafts and basically we make nerdy stuff for nerdy people. Um, we sell online, we go to shows, um, it's a lot of like, uh, Pokemon terrariums. And things like that, as well as buttons and stuff. Yeah, and, and I'll link. Your, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Kurt. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say I'll link. I'll link your uh, store in the show notes as well. But go ahead, Kurt. Oh, thank you very much. I'm Curtis Brockman, and uh, I'm the other half of Enchanted Enigma Crafts. And basically, I support the artist. My wife is the artist, and she's the one who does all of the cool work and stuff like that. But yeah, our big thing that we do is we sell online, and we go to uh, comic conventions and anime conventions, and we sell, and we do cool things for cool people. And we love movies. <laughs> yes, this this uh, episode has actually been in the works for a while. I think you guys told me about this last year, but it was right after our Christmas season, so you said save it for this year, so we did. Um, and we are... Towards the end of Christmas season, I'm glad that we got to finally sit down and do this. Uh, my guest always picks the movie, so what movie did you guys choose to talk about today? Uh, we chose A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Yes, 1992. Um, this is actually my favorite Christmas Carol movie. It's mine too, for definitely. So, uh, before we go any further... I do want to warn everyone that's listening, if you haven't heard the show before, this is not spoiler-free, so you definitely should go watch it and then come back. I mean, I don't know if, it, if you could even have spoilers with a Charles Dickens Christmas Carol, because I feel like... If you've never ever, watched that before. <laughs> right. Any of the versions, somehow this has escaped you, I would definitely go back and watch this. But I'm going to go ahead and read the synopsis anyway, real quick, and then we'll kind of dive into, like, when you saw this and, you know, some quick facts and things like that. So, um... The Muppets perform the classic Dickens holiday tale with Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit, the put-upon clerk of a stingy Ebenezer Scrooge, played by Michael Caine. Other Muppets, Mrs. Piggy, Gonzo, Fozzie Bear, and Sam the Eagle, weave in and out of the story while Scrooge receives his visits from the spirits of the three Christmases, past, present, and future. They show him the error of his self-serving ways, but the miserable old man seems to be past any hope of redemption and happiness. 
of course it has a good ending so don't worry <laughs> it's a muppet movie it can't be too sad <laughs> yeah. very catchy musical numbers the music oh yeah every song is an earworm totally um so guys when did you first see this movie i'm gonna let cook her first um but when i was in pre-k or kindergarten uh my mother well my parents were late to pick me up and so whenever that would happen they would gather all of us together and we would go into the cafeteria and they would put on some kind of movie or we do some kind of activity. And it didn't happen very many times, but I remember one of the times that I had to stay about 30 minutes after school was over, uh, they started watching The Muppets Christmas Carol. And I remember watching part of that there. And from that point on, like I started really enjoying watching the different Muppet movies and things like that. Oh. Everything from uh, later on got to see Muppet Treasure Island in theaters and stuff like that. I did not see uh, Christmas Carol in theaters, though. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So this was your introduction to the whole Muppet universe. I love that. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I really just enjoyed the, the way they told the story and stuff like that. And it really caught, it kept my attention and stuff when I was little. And it's kind of left a big impression on me. It's one of my favorite Muppet movies, honestly, of all time. I think it was really, really well done. Agreed. Agreed. What about you, Rachel? So, um, I can't really remember when I first started watching it. I must have been pretty young. Um, but I think we must have seen it on TV and then recorded it off the TV onto VHS. Um, <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah, and then it would go uh, in a Christmas box. My family had this Christmas box for movies, and we'd bring it out every year Aww. when it was time, and we watched, like, one a year. And uh, as time went on, the box got bigger. We'd have to, like, start at the end of October <laughs> just to be oh my able gosh. to watch them all. And uh, I actually I carried on the tradition. We have our own Christmas box. That's um, awesome. I think eventually we got it on DVD. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's the Muppets, you know? It's just really fun. And um, Christmas Carol's really big in the UK. I'm from the UK. Christmas Carol's really big over there. They actually filmed a version of it in my town that I grew up in <gasps> as well. Really? That's an awesome mm -hmm. connection, too. Wow. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything as special as the stories you guys shared, I think. But um, I did see this in theaters. Um, I grew up watching The Muppets. Uh, was really into them. One of my favorite movies ever was The Great Muppet Caper watched it over and over and over again and so so good yeah and so when like this came out i remember watching the commercials for it and being really psyched for it uh in 1992 i was i think i was like eight um and i will say that the ghost of christmas past i believe terrified me yeah and also the, the little one. girl yes i Thought that was eerie. I didn't like it. That little floating head is just, I don't know. I didn't dig it. As a kid, I just started crying when I saw her. Um, but uh, I love the movie so much that I would still watch it, even though I was afraid. I was a pretty big scaredy cat as a kid anyway. But um, I, I absolutely love this movie. Um, I see it every single year. And it's got this weird, I don't know if you guys feel this when you watch this, but it's um, it's really good. It's very heartwarming. I always get misty-eyed watching it. But there's a lot of feels that happen, and they're kind of intense. Like, it's a good movie, and it's it's uplifting, but it's also, like, it's got some real gut punches, I think. Like, some real emotional highs and lows. Do you, do you agree? Yeah. Like, for a mother yeah. movie. They do an excellent job at doing that. Yeah. Uh, they tell, they, they wanted to tell the story, and they did a good job in this movie. Specifically, they took the uh, material from the book. Mm-hmm. Like lines and like, everything. Yeah. Exactly. And they didn't like want to they, they put the comedy in there where it fit and actually let, kept the story fairly true. And that that's what really means a lot. Yeah, I think to your point, so I've got a couple quick facts I wanted to share. One of them was that Sir Michael Caine considers the role of Scrooge to be one of the most memorable to him. And I think you can really see that come through in the performance. Um you know, he's not He's not really giving like a cartoonish performance. He's not, you know, over the top or funny. He, he's literally just being Scrooge, like in the most serious Shakespearean way that he can be. 
Well, that was actually one of his uh, requirements for taking the role. Oh, was yeah. That <clears throat> he would play it as if it was the Royal Shakespeare Company. And if the Muppets were real people, he wouldn't wink. He wouldn't do any comedy stuff. Like, he wanted to play it straight. And that's exactly what the director wanted. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's perfect. And I, I agree with him that it's probably... It's one of my favorite roles that he's ever done. Um, okay, so this next quick fact... This is sort of like a fact check for you guys, because it really depends on when you saw this movie and how you saw it. Are you guys familiar with the uh, the lost song, When Love yeah. is Gone? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's yes, impossible very... to talk about this movie and not talk about that, right? <laughs> yeah. So it was left out of the uh, theatrical release, but then put back in the VHS release, mm-hmm. but then taken out of the DVD release. And it's not on the in the DVD release is what you can currently watch on Disney Plus. Yes. But the uh, scene is there in extras if you wanted to watch it. So my background on this song is I I guess maybe because I was a kid and I couldn't really grasp like how sad it actually is. Like I liked the song and I would sing it. <laughs> but I remember my dad being like, I hate that song. It's so depressing. Like, <laughs> and it, it, it is kind of like, I like it in the movie, but at the same time, I mean, the message of the movie is just about how powerful love is. So to like take a whole break in the movie and just talk about like, I don't love you anymore. You know, like this song, you know, I wish you well and stuff like that. I, if I say too many words i'll start singing it but um <laughs> it, it it is kind of a downer and like i think as yeah. i get older i'm like man that's really rough because i mean that does happen when you're like in love and you think it's going to be forever and then that love dissipates and it becomes sort of like a memory in your past and i think yeah it's kind of heavy um i have it, uh, two comments on oh, the go song ahead. specifically one, it's one of the things I would skip in the VHS yeah, because I was young. Yeah, because it was boring. And it wasn't, yeah, it, was yeah, it could be boring emotions. for a child. Yeah. But something I didn't realize because it had been so long since I had watched that song. I remembered the song for sure for years and years, and I have not seen. I hadn't seen the song since I had watched it on VHS, which dates a really long time at this point. And you go back and you watch it. And the lady is smiling the entire time she's singing the song. It's completely <laughs> off. I don't know if you've seen it recently, but it's just like, I must leave you now. But she has this huge, big smile on her face the whole time. Yeah, I guess so. I think I interpret it as, I mean, okay, let's just say it. Scrooge is like an awful boyfriend yeah. <laughs> right um i mean this this is something that you you can understand where he's coming from in the sense that he started from humble beginnings and he's trying to raise the ranks and all that but you know somewhere along the way he became too obsessed with capitalism or whatever <laughs> like with making money and so she really stuck it out i mean she's like you're a partner now let's get married and he's like no and so it, it's really like his biggest regret but it's also like freeing for her because Belle like finally is just like putting up a boundary and saying like, you know what? It's gone. I'm going to let you go. And I actually hope you do well in your life. Like I'm not even mad. I'm just ready to move on. So I think I I try to view it that way. But you're right. It is a weird. And it, certainly as a kid, I wouldn't have known why she was smiling. <laughs> um, and, and even now it's like, I guess she's just smiling because it's a musical yeah but it does have one of like the best honestly one of the best scenes after watching it again with uh michael kane at the end singing right behind her yes and you I can like feel that. the emotion in it and i'm like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> i think that's why i like it too because i feel that it's a very mature concept um about a breakup too because i think like a lot of times you know, it, it could have been played like, I don't know, like she's just like, I'm out of here and I'm sick of you. But it's like they really lost something because they really cared about each other. And he's realizing that now. Uh, but also by taking that part out, it makes his reaction right after that. And also Rizzo's and Gonzo's like kind of weird because they're acting yeah, like yeah. really, really upset. But we didn't see what happened. <laughs> so it's like a little weird without it. So it's kind of a gray area. Like, did it need it? Did it not? You know, this will be debated on and on. But, yeah. 
Um, the last one that I was going to share was that halfway through production, uh, Michael Caine realized this is actually Brian Henson's directorial debut, and he was very impressed. And I have to say, I agree. That's a pretty impressive first movie. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. I believe the next film he did was actually Muppet Treasure Island in 96. I like that one, too. I like oh, that I one it. a lot. Yeah, I love yeah. that one, too. I think those were like... I mean, I liked Muppets in Space too, but it wasn't quite—it wasn't quite the same epicness as Muppet Treasure Island and Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, I you did a good job. Yeah. Um, so I think next, uh, I'd like to talk about some of our favorite scenes because, unlike a lot of other movies, uh, we could go through the whole cast, but I mean. You know, they're Muppets. I think we know voices, a lot of them, like Frank Oz and, you know, other familiar voices. So let's talk about some of your favorite scenes from the movie. Oh, I do have a quick note about that, actually. Oh, go for it. This was uh, Steve Whitmer, Whitmire? Whitmire. It was his first time vo uh, voicing Kermit because <gasps> oh. Jim Henson had just passed in 1990. Gosh, I forgot it was that close to this it. movie. Yeah, he had just passed, um, so that's why it was like a huge thing for, for Brian, his son, to be directing it. Um, wow. And then Steve uh, Whitmire, he, this was the first time that he voiced Kermit. Well, he does a great job. Henson. Yeah, did a very good job. Gosh, man, you know, I remember when Jim Henson passed away, and it was like a huge shock. He was really sick, and he resisted getting medical treatment. Um going in finding out anything and then by the time he did you know he was he was too sick and I remember that being such a big memory for me because I was so young and that concept was just like you know so sad and I, I just couldn't even imagine that Jim Henson could not be you know so he was yeah. such a big part of my life at that point um but yeah that's pretty powerful and interesting to take on such a emotional project right after that too because I mean for Brian Henson, because I mean, this movie does deal with some heavy topics about death really and does. life, and so he it was it might have been you know therapeutic for him as well. I think uh, one of the things I really really like about this movie compared to other Muppet movies uh, is that the I'm going to call them the main cast. So the main cast would I would count as Scrooge and the three spirits. And then mm -hmm. you have, of course, you have Kermit and, you know, all the other characters that are around. But it's mostly focused on Scrooge. And then you talk, it's a lot of uh, with the spirits and stuff like that, uh, that they aren't normal characters. They were all those characters were made for this movie. So they didn't use mm -hmm. like existing Muppets and things like that. Yeah. So it kind of doesn't like take you out of it because like. You know, Gonzo and Rizzo are the narrators. And I think the movie needs a narrator just because of the way the, the book is written and, like, the way that the story flows. It, it does feel like it's, like, a third person. But, yeah. um, you know, they're characters that we're familiar with. And, like you said, the rest of the cast is there. But by them not being the very central characters, yeah, it, it allows you to kind of step back from it a little bit and... Yeah, I I agree. And plus, like, the design of them is so interesting because it stays consistent with Muppets, but it's it's a little different, like, from any other movie, too. Yeah, yes, I agree. In interestingly enough, um, Miss Piggy, Scooter, and Gonzo were originally supposed to be the spirits. Ah. Um, Scooter was going to be the Christmas past, Piggy was going to be a present, and Gonzo was going to be of the future, and they were going to just have his nose sticking out of the hood <laughs> so that you knew it was him. That reminds um, but, me of the Kermit meme now. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> but they had said they wanted narrators, so, yeah. Yeah. And they picked Gonzo to be the narrator because he was the least likely one you would think to be the narrator out of the main Muppet cast. Well, they and point that out. They, they like to do stuff like that. They like to be <laughs> weird and do these different things. Yeah, and that's said in the movie. Like, he's like, I'm Charles Dickens. And he's like, you are? And he's like, yeah, of course I am, you know. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a nod to the audience. Like, you can't imagine Gonzo being him. Um yeah, awesome. Well, did 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 I miss any? Do y'all have any more facts that you wanted to share before we talk about some um, scenes? So, just some random stuff. Um, 
in the the test audience at the end they give uh, all the rats coal and the test audience a bunch of kids they couldn't understand what the rats did wrong that they would receive coal as a gift yeah when michael kane is going and he's being nice to everybody and doing stuff and so he gives coal to the bookkeepers because that's what we talked about earlier in the movie oh yeah but as a kid you're taught that if you get coal for christmas that means you did something wrong that's true that's a mixed message there <laughs> like maybe it's think of it as like getting socks <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, the other cool thing uh, that I that's memorable to me and that uh, actually Rachel told me was that they uh, in order to do the ghostly stuff for the ghost characters they actually did the puppetry underwater so that way it flowed oh. that way it gave like this like whooshing feeling especially for the ghost of christmas past that's why when you go back and watch it's very very flowy her dress continually goes in different directions and stuff like that man that makes a lot of sense it's very ethereal and i i mean one one interesting thing about the muppets is you know that's not you know using a lot of puppets as your main cast is not typical right in movies it almost feels like something you know, nostalgic and, and from a bygone era, but it, it really forces the director and, you know, everyone involved to be so creative with everything. Like, that's another fun part about watching Muppet movies is like trying to, you know, just wondering how they did certain things. Um, there's that famous bicycle scene. Um, yes. You know, uh, from, I can't remember if that was a great Muppet caper or uh anyway i think there were bicycle scenes in both great muppet caper and oh. <laughs> uh and the original i think it was also in the original muppet movie too okay. like okay. a flashback thing maybe yeah and like they you know famously didn't even want to explain it because they were like yes. first of all it was like a nightmare but also like that's just gonna be our little secret like that's our trick of the trade mm -hmm. we're not sharing that and so it's like always fun to watch these movies and kind of wonder about that kind of stuff. But that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then a note on the set and everything. When they built the set, um, first of all, they built a lot of the houses, uh, like a medium size. They could get certain shots. They also had an open floor so that the performers could be lower to do the Muppets alongside the uh, human actors. So Michael Caine actually had to walk across planks whenever he was walking with the Muppets and stuff like that. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. The things that you don't think about <laughs> watching nope. puppets. Interesting. But I think that's more or less what I've got on random facts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think so as well. Okay. Well, let's talk about some of your favorite scenes from the movie. Uh, my absolute favorite, I love the uh, interactions between Gonzo and Rizzo yes. continuously. My favorite quote is like the lamp not the rat <laughs> i like the jelly bean scene too yeah i like the jelly beans like oh <laughs> do you want some they were in my pocket the whole time <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> i remember rizzo being like very new like i don't know if I, I can't remember if he debuted on the show or in this movie but i remember him being a very new character but yeah. go ahead yeah this is gonna be one of his newest uh this would be one of his newest uh, performances, like, for him to show up. I think up. he was in Muppets Take Manhattan, right? No. No? Oh, okay. My bad. Oh, Maybe. yes, he was. You're right. That was he his was debut. in Muppets Takes Manhattan, but he was a, a minor character in that when he worked at the coffee house. Oh, uh, I need to go back and watch. I, I need to go back and watch all of them. Like, as much as I'm telling you that I love them, and I really do, it's been a minute since I've seen them, I mean, so I need to go back. I have so much time to watch things, so, I mean. Oh, my gosh. That's the truest thing that's ever it been said on this thing. podcast. <laughs> <I've>, uh, <laughs> the amount of content that I have to digest in a week, it, it feels like a part-time job sometimes. <laughs> uh, I think the, uh, this is going to be another random thing. I think the other cool thing about this movie was that uh, I think it's the first movie Kermit was not the main character. Ooh, interesting. I hadn't even thought about that. I mean, like he's Bob Cratchit, but you're right. He's not the main character. The main character is Scrooge. Huh? Also, the first movie that the Sesame Street characters were not in. Um, yeah, because, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, I think maybe the first, like, true first Muppet movie that I ever saw was actually a Sesame Street movie. It was uh, Big Bird. I don't remember what it was called, but he gets, like, kidnapped. It's actually kind of oh, a dear. bummer, too. <laughs> 
And like, he's like in the circus and they paint him blue. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look this up. This sounds like a fever dream, but I promise it's real. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, they were in a lot of the movies. huh? They would at least make like a cameo. Mm-hmm. They mm. would make cameos in the movies. Okay. So, I think, uh, go ahead, Rachel. Uh, I think one of my other favorite scenes is the one right at the end where... Scrooge wakes up and he talks to the bunny and like gets oh, the them to get so the turkey cute. and then they all have this big singing profe- procession down to uh, Bob Cratchit's house and then he sends them all away and he's just like Bob Cratchit where have you been stuff like that and Miss Piggy's getting upset and right before they <laughs> drop that he's going to give him a raise and stuff like that Love oh, it. I don't know if this is true or not but uh, I did read or read something somewhere that the Muppet performers did not like. I can't remember his name for the life of me, but the bunny that's there. That oh, really? The movie, or throughout the movie, they thought he was too cute. He was a newer-ish character, and they thought he was too cute, so they made sure that all the bad things happened to him. <laughs> so, like, he would, he got, like, kicked, uh, like, the wreath thrown at him, and then he was out oh, yeah. cold shivering and stuff like that. <laughs> What he because gets. a lot of them, they have like the, the the Muppet performers. They're quirky because that's what they do. It's, yeah. All the stuff is quirky. Their characters are quirky. They love making cool and different, like puppet characters. So that was really interesting too. And I don't know if it's true, but it seems like it. Yeah. Um, me me personally, uh, my favorite one of my favorite scenes, and I didn't like it as much when I was little, was the Marley and Marley scene where the uh, Scrooge goes into his house and then the uh, door knocker turns into uh, Waldorf. I think it's Waldorf. His uh, head comes out and says Scrooge and he gets all freaked out. And then the whole scene with them singing and stuff, they were perfect. Like the casting of that and the whole scene was absolutely perfect. You're not going to believe this. I'm actually looking at a screenshot of that right now. Because <laughs> um, I, I, you know, There was a time in my life, like, okay, I think the first Christmas Carol I ever saw, like, the first version that I ever saw was actually, um, the, the Mickey Mouse one. You know, that one, like, predates this one. It was, like, super old. And, you know, that's where Scrooge McDuck comes from. Uh, but, uh, that, that was the first one I saw. But then this one I got so attached to that sometimes I'd forget that, you know, it's Marley and Marley, but in the original story, it's, it's one guy. One guy. And it's like I wonder how many kids growing grew up and like didn't didn't know that until they like read the book or see like a different version and they're like, oh, it's like one dude, <laughs> because he it's become it's become Marley and Marley for me after that. Um, I yeah, agree. Same here. I didn't know there was only one person until I watched a different version of it later on. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. I think it's like a little spooky. You know, it's a little scary. The um, like th- there's some boundaries I think that are pushed in this movie of like how scary they can make certain scenes. At least from what I remember, how I felt as a kid, and I, I remember thinking that that part was like eerie and haunting. But the song is great, the casting is great. I I really enjoy that scene too. The uh, it's spooky and stuff, but also if you listen to all the words and stuff as an adult, you're like, oh shoot, this is like really heavy. Yeah, like, doom oh, for all time. Your chains are forged, but what you say and do, and yeah. have your fun now, but a nightmare waits for you. Yeah, it's there's a lot of heavy stuff said. <laughs> they even address movie. it though, because because uh, uh, Gonzo is just like. Oh no, Rizzo is like, this is some heavy stuff. Should we be worried about the kids in the oh, audience? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Gonzo's like, they're and nah, it's culture. <laughs> right, they're like, this is a classic. <laughs> and then they do end up disappearing at the end. The ghost of Christmas future comes and they're just like, oh, this is really scary. We'll see you at the end. I'm that's like, right. The finale. Um, it, like, it, I'll see you at the finale too. And I fast forward that whole bit when I was a kid because it was too scary. It, it, it was. I mean... I remember, like, the fact that even the, like you're saying, even the Muppets were afraid. I mean, that didn't help me any. I was like, oh, well, they're afraid. Like, I'm even more <laughs> afraid now. Um, and they do so much with just, like, that, that hand and the pointing and, like, oh, it's definitely creepy. I really do love, though, I love, love, love the uh, ghost of uh, of Christmas uh, now. 
Present, present, present. There you go. I yeah, come in and know me better, I, man. Yes. I love him as a character. That that actual like Muppet, that character, because they characterized him and made him like his mind is only filled with the thoughts of Christmas and now, mm-hmm. and so that means he's very uh, absent-minded. So he he forgets if he said things or done things and stuff because he's so consumed with what's happening in the moment with Christmas. And then over the day, he gets older, and when the day is over, he's gone because oh, he only exists for that. Well, yeah, and it's an interesting, you know, like, metaphor for looking at life and death, too, because he talks early on about how there's been several that came before him, 1800 or something like that. Yeah. He says. And, um... So he's he knows that's going to happen, and then by the end he ages and dies, and he's not, like, sad. No, um, he's not sad about it. Yeah, he's like, the moment's gone, it's over. And I think that's sort of a message for Scrooge, too, because he's older, and you know what I mean? Like, I just think there's a connection there, and I remember even as a kid being like, man, this is, you know, again, heavy stuff, you know, thinking about things like that. But yeah, I, I love him as a character. I like the design of him. He looks like a big jolly dude. I also like how he's so giant, but then he like shrinks down um, small to, you know, about, um, you know, Scrooge's size to interact with him. Like that whole effect is really neat. Um and yeah, yeah, I, I, I have to agree with you. He's one of my favorite spirits, for sure. I mean, like, even talking about that, you realize there really is a lot of really heavy stuff in this movie. And so I think it's good they had, like, the Muppets and the comedy to kind of counteract it. Because all this stuff with, like, Tiny Tim, especially after he passes, like, that was really miserable. <laughs> so I have to say something. I, since we're talking about favorite scenes, I have to say... Um, that I famously, (laughs) not famously, but I talk about this every year. Um, Tiny Tim messes me up. Like, I've never, I don't know if I've cried as much as I have for Tiny Tim. Like, I don't know. Like, the death of Tiny Tim is, as a kid, I started bawling. And as an adult, every time that part comes up in the movie, I just can't handle. (laughs) Like, I can't handle it. Um, I know he's fine in the end and everything, but I just... That tiny little pure frog passing away is like, it's just too much for me. Because he's <laughs> so handle. genuine. Yeah. He's such a genuine, he, he genuinely loves and cares and stuff like that. And so it's hard because then you, like, why does he get to go when there's bad other bad things and stuff like that? He didn't do anything wrong. He's he's so cute. and Yeah. His dad just didn't get paid enough. It's like, man. Um but yeah, he lives, so we don't have to worry. But this fictional frog character's death has it's I'm gonna put it as like one of my top ten movie deaths. It was too much. <laughs> Very sad. Um that's actually but that's one of my favorite things about this movie. And you know, I, it's weird to say favorite scene, but the build up with Tiny Tim and, you know, how his heart is full of love and um the song he sings and just like that whole character arc with him, that's probably one of my favorite things about the movie. Because I think in other versions, I mean, obviously a, a tiny child that's sick, I mean, uh, who who is not going to feel, you know, empathy and concern. But I really feel like it, this movie does that better, that part of this story better than like any of the other ones I've ever seen. I can agree with that. Yeah, I, just, I agree with that as well. I think you get to know Tiny Tim better in this version than in a lot of the other ones. You, you you hear more about Bob Cratchit and I think you deal with, you know, his son's death from his angle. But in this one, we got to know Tiny Tim too. So like we're invested in, in him even more. Um, I, I think it is a big deal that this movie takes these serious things and takes a serious uh, story like this and keeps it serious, but still makes it appealing to kids. You mm-hmm. have uh, my example difference would be uh, you got um, Warner Brothers with uh, Bah Humduck, and that's a kids' version of this movie, but they took it and adapted it around those characters. Mm-hmm. But instead, they just decided to tell this story like they were putting it on stage, like they were reading it straight out of the book. Mm-hmm. And the costumes, the aesthetic, like. 
the the backgrounds like everything about it feels like you're watching something serious you know let's see i'm trying to think of another because i gave one favorite thing about it but i'm trying to well i guess like not really off topic but um what what's your favorite song in the movie Oh, now I gotta think song titles. <laughs> if you have to hum, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's like "Tis the Season to Be Jolly and Joyous," fa la la la, kind oh, of thing. I, love I don't that know. One. All the songs they get stuck in my head for at least three days after I watch it. Yes, it's maddening but awesome at the same time. Yeah, yeah, because I think that's another unique thing about this movie is, and we kind of talked about it at the beginning, but it has some of the best music in it too, out of it all really the Muppet does. movies. And then for the party um, that the Fozzies throw, they oh, have yeah. the band there. The band's called Electric Mayhem, I believe. Oh, yeah. And with like, with uh, animals, the animal. drummer and stuff like that. And I thought <laughs> that was pretty neat. They have the actual band there. Yeah, that's so cute. And I've, I always think when I watch that, I'm like, I wish I worked there and I went to that work party. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I like that, too. Um I yeah, like it's hard little, to pick a favorite uh, song because they're all good. I, I like the little scat session that uh, during the, oh, yeah, the uh, Christmas la la. presents thing. The bing, bum, bing, bum, 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 bing, bum, ba-la-da. <laughs> yes, that's so cute. That little it's moment. Really cute. Yeah. It's only like, it's like 20 seconds But long, that gets stuck in my head it. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many good songs in this movie. Like the whole soundtrack is like perfect. But I'm, I'm this, think, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, I think my favorite uh, lyric is probably um, no cheeses for us Mises. Yes. <laughs> no cheeses for us Mises. That's so cute. I do. Re- see, I really love the opening song. Oh, it's so good that they, they it, do, it does such a good job uh, conveying the like storage about Scrooge and how like he treats everyone and oh, how yeah, there uh, goes Mr. he goes Humbug. about his business and stuff. How everyone feels about him. So you get to go throughout the entire town and you can see how everyone feels and it makes you immediately feel that way about him too. Yes. It, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, Belle's song when in uh, Beauty yes. and the Beast where she's walking the to the Beast. town. Yeah. But it's oh, like a good one. about Scrooge. But the melody kind of reminds me of it a little bit. Yeah, I'm looking at all the songs. Um, yeah, the ending song. That's the one you were referring to earlier, Thankful Heart. Right? Yes. Yeah, that one, I just, I feel like it just captures like a really pure version of the spirit of Christmas in such a, a lovely way. It is one of my favorite. <laughs> Whoever made this list I'm looking at put when love is gone twice. I'm like, hey, like <laughs> it wasn't even that Yeah, once we don't <laughs> we don't need it twice. Um how about it feels like Christmas? That was another really good one too. Yeah. Yes. Um bless that's us all. That's uh, where Michael Caine does his little dance with the spirit. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> he just for like maybe like 10 seconds he like jumps back and forth. It's really cute. Yeah. Oh, and the Christmas really scat is listed. Up. Yeah, he he does. Um, absolutely. Um, one more sleep till Christmas. Bless us all. Yeah, there's so many. Gosh, it's like, it's funny because I feel like I read the, the title of it and then it floods back into my mind. But yeah, when I try to list them independently of that, I'm like, I guess because they all have, a lot of them have the word Christmas in them. So it's like hard to keep the names of them straight. Um, yeah. Oh. I think I'm going to end up listening to this soundtrack tomorrow at work. (laughs) Um, Stuck in your head for three days. Yeah, yeah, if not longer. And and I walk around the house like singing it too, which you know Nick absolutely loves. I'm sure. I mean, he likes this movie too, but I don't know if he enjoys me singing it. (laughs) Um, Were there any other scenes that we haven't uh, touched on yet? I thought it was very interesting that um, Scrooge forgave his nephew and his uh, niece-in-law after he'd been looking in on them and they were so mean to him calling him an unlovable creature and stuff like that and at the end he just acts like it never even happened 
Yeah, I guess he wasn't meant to have heard that conversation. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? but it's just like, it's this is, so when his nephew comes and visits him, he tries to, like, make him happy and be yeah. like, hey, the Christmas is great. Please come have dinner with us. Be part of our family. And then it's kind of like, oh, this is the way we actually talk about you behind your back. It's one of those <laughs> family members. Yeah, but he like, kind of oh, earned it, though. around and stuff like that. And then as soon as you're gone, did you see what he was wearing? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's true. But I, but I think what was hard for his nephew is that I mean, he was really opening his home and his heart to him. And then the way Scrooge acted, you know, just he was just so terrible. So I think like I think he forgives him because he kind of knows that he had a hand in some of how they were talking about him. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> he I decided have one to be gracious. Question. I have okay. a huge question. OK, so at the end of the movie, we have Scrooge going to everybody and giving them presents and hugging them and saying he's turned over a new leaf and stuff. And so mm-hmm. we see the scene where he visits his nephew and the nephew's wife and gives them stuff or whatever. Okay, we get to the last scene at Bob Cratchit's house where they're sitting down at the table. Okay, the camera pans out and the nephew is within two seats from Scrooge. Okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, it keeps panning out. Where's his wife? I only noticed this the last time I oh watched the movie. Oh my gosh. His wife is gone and was not invited to this Christmas dinner, apparently. She wasn't even in the ensemble cast that was outside the building. <laughs> maybe she wasn't available to film that day. <laughs> but yeah, or, or maybe he was like, you know what? I forgive my family, but I'm not going to forgive you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> like, you pushed it too far. Uh, no, I, that's so funny. I never noticed that. That that I don't know. That 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 is that is going to remain a mystery. I think you know. Did she refuse to come? I don't know. Oh, the other big question that we had okay. was what did the talking fruit vendor do to get thrown in jail by the end of the movie? Yes. <laughs> okay. So at the beginning of the movie, uh, they're doing the whole Scrooge thing, where the song for Scrooge and. Uh, uh, the vegetables talk and say they don't like it. And so he, the fruit vendor guy is like, even the vegetables don't like him. And then when you have the uh, the Christmas present ghost and they do his song, he's the one in jail. Huh. When they do, they, they go to a scene where there's somebody in jail and he's in jail and it's only been a day. What did that poor man do? <laughs> Maybe it speaks to like London at the time. <laughs> not to get too deep but like we just read this is so off topic I, I shouldn't even say this but I was in a group where we read like um a story about Jack the Ripper but from the perspective of like the the women that were killed and man I have to delete all this I think it's too dark but they talked a lot about like London at that time and how like if you were poor um a lot of them ended up in these like houses for the poor, but they were like horrible conditions. And like, they kept like also getting arrested all the time for like really dumb stuff. It was just like, Oh, we don't want to see these poor people here right now. Not to say that oh, that only happened in the UK, but like, it was like a problem. And I feel like that came up a lot in like Dickens stories, like with Oliver Twist and other stuff. So maybe it's something like that where he, Oh, I mean, that came up at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Where Scrooge is like, well, are there no poor houses or prisons? Yes. Yeah. It's like, like because well, that was the attitude the of like the aristocrats. Go there. Yes. Yeah, uh, at the time. And, and that was a, a lot of the things that Dickens actually wrote about was like trying to give humanity to, you know, people that were, uh, quote unquote, you know, less fortunate, but also because society kind of viewed that as like a moral, you know, standing. And so this this story really flips that on its head because it's criticizing someone who's rich, which in the eyes of people at the time would be like, well, you know, he's rich because he's such a good person. Um and I think people kind of forget that I was teasing in a group that I was saying like, oh, this movie, you know, promotes socialism because it's like, you know, give <laughs> generously to everyone. Um, but it's like, I think, you know, really classic stories like this were always, even back then, somewhat political in their agenda of like, you know, talking about the social problems of the time. So maybe that's what the fruit vendor did. It was a commentary I never on considered that. that, but yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I mean, this huge conversation to talk about this fruit vendor. <laughs> I love that. That's it was probably just illegal to talk yeah. to to fruit. Yeah, I yeah, mean oh, vegetables. It, excuse me, vegetables. Vegetables. That. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's probably nowhere near as deep as somewhere that I would take it. But you know, this is a podcast <laughs> where we overanalyze a movie about Muppets. So there you about go. Muppets, yes. <laughs> um, uh, so. Let's see, I had another question and then it just like left my mind. Uh, you know, one thing we haven't talked about yet is that I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Christmas wasn't such a big deal. I mean, certainly, um, you know, marketing has really helped Christmas become a bigger deal. But also, this story, you know, from Charles Dickens is part of why christmas got more important because there's like this huge emphasis on christmas in the story but i don't think culturally it was as big of a deal as he makes it out to be in the book right um possibly i think during victorian times things like that were starting to become more um mainstream but for the rich yes more yeah. than the for the poor because i think that's kind of around when boxing day originated Oh. Um, Boxing Day is the 26th of December It's the day after Christmas We celebrate it in the UK and we all get the day off And that's why we love it But historically um, I believe that The rich people would box up Like their leftover food And like stuff like that from Christmas Day And give it to like their maids and stuff like that Oh cool, yeah Just I'm stuff. reading Okay, Wikipedia isn't like the most reliable source But it says <laughs> Um Christmas Carol captured the zeitgeist of, like you're saying, mid-Victorian revival of the Christmas holiday. Dickens had acknowledged the influence of the modern Western observance of Christmas and later inspired several aspects of Christmas, including family gatherings, seasonal food and drink, dancing, games, and festive generosity of spirit. So, yeah, I guess he was kind of capturing what was already happening at the time. Uh, but it's weird to think about a time where it, you know, because it's such a big part of our reality now. So that's really interesting. Um, were there any other scenes that we haven't touched on yet? Um, I always found the scene where in the Ghost of Christmas Future when Scrooge had died and they're selling his stuff Ugh, yeah. to some underground <laughs> guy. And you have all like the pigs who are just like, oh yeah, he was great for a free lunch or something at the funeral. Oh, I'll go if lunch is provided. That's what he said. Oh yeah, yeah. And stuff. I always found that really like sad and creepy. Yeah, the idea of somebody, like, he's so unlike that nobody would even really want to go unless food was there. And then for all his wealth, as they're divvying it up, I mean, he, he was such a miser with his money that he doesn't have any worldly goods to divvy up, really. You know? Yeah. It's a sad existence. Yeah, it's depressing. Don't do it, folks. <laughs> Um, and, and I mean, that's a really big journey for him too in the story because it's like by the end, he's at the table with tons of friends. So, you know, when he does pass, um, there will be a lot of people at his funeral that miss him because he gave back to his community and they love him now. Yeah. Oh, I love the scene. Um, after he's had his realization and stuff, he runs back into, uh, Dr. Honeydew and, and. And Beaker. And Beaker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the... he's just like, you know, I'm going to give you this much money, include some back log of, like, gifts I should have been giving you. And then Beaker gives him the scarf. It's such a touching moment. Aww. Yeah, because he genuinely, like, the he was such a good actor. Because he genuinely looks so, like, this is, I've, I've never been given something like this before. You're going to give me something, a clothes off your back. Yeah. To thank me. Literally. Literally. Yeah. Well, I mean, and... he's probably never received a present because he has no friends. Yeah. Wow, that's true. I've never thought about that before. But yeah, and it's funny because early in the story, you know, they're they're going to him for uh, ch a charity for funds. And he's brushing them off like, ugh, like somebody, you know, knocking at your door, calling on the phone, telemarketing or something. Um and then by the end, he really sees the value in what they're what they're trying to do. And, you know, it's funny because I feel like the way they act, and I think they even have like a little clipboard. It feels very modern. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very cute. But yeah, I never thought about that, giving the clothes off his back. Wow, that's really cool. I really like that. 
Um. The penguins. <laughs> oh yeah, no. the penguins skating. <laughs> that skating. was always fun. They yes. had such a rich, like, diverse cast for this. Yeah. I can't even imagine the amount of Muppets that they used. Um, but you know, you got everyone there. You had Fozzie Bear and his mum. You had the Swedish chef with some talking grapes. Oh, yeah, the little grapes. <laughs> they had all the talking veg and. Anyway. That was pretty good. <laughs> That's staying in. <laughs> yeah, he does a good Swedish chef impression. I do a good Swedish chef. I love the Swedish chef. <laughs> they even fitted him in. But I think, yeah, there was just like a huge uh, variety of the Muppet cast and of their human cast. And I think they did a really good job mixing it in and like commingling them that the story just felt normal. Yeah. Which is yeah, weird. <laughs> they did a really good job with the human Muppet thing where it felt really normal that they all lived together. That it yes. wasn't weird that there's this talking weird monster thing or a old lady that looks like a witch who's sta- like sitting on a ledge at the beginning uh, near some windows or whatever. You know, um, there's all these creatures and things like that, and it seems super normal. Like, oh, and then you have all these really proper people who are walking around just like, oh, look, there, that guy over there with the big blue nose, he's conducting this thing. Well, I mean, that's normal around here, isn't it? That penguin is my neighbor. That talking yes. fruit lives down the street. <laughs> hey, I'm looking no, at stolen. <laughs> I'm looking at a 14 things you never noticed in a Muppet Christmas Carol and they listed the disappearing wife Clara at the end of the movie. Ah. <laughs> Just noticed You're not it last alone. time we watched it. Oh, you got to love the Muppets in general for when they do stuff like this with for their one-liners. They have some of the best one-liners. They do. They do. Oh, I remember when uh, Rizzo falls from the window. Okay, so there's two things. I like the one where uh, the window is dirty, so Gonzo picks him up and cleans the window with Rizzo. Thanks for making me a part of this. And I remember that one... being in the trailer. <laughs> yes. And the other one when they're on the, the window and they get knocked off the window and uh, Rizzo ends up in the water and he's like an icicle. <laughs> and Gonzo goes and breaks him. So they've got some really good bits, and I think it really helps keeping the story light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because as much as we're talking about like the darkness of the movie, it's very sweet and really positive, too. Like, it's not... It's not like a dark movie, you know? It's It's got some dark themes in it, or serious themes, but overall, like, I mean, you walk out of, you know, the theater, if you see it in the theater, or you stop the movie and you're in a good mood like it's a really warm story yeah it's just funny that they take this it's 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 a really fun movie and i've always liked it even as a kid and then you look at it it's like wow some of this stuff is really dark it is <laughs> yeah. really serious and stuff and i'm like i watched this and i chose to watch this as a child yeah i never no yeah i didn't it i didn't pick up on a lot of this when i was little at all but i rather enjoyed it except like i said tiny tim always made me cry and yeah, yeah I, I always skip just it's so funny because when Rachel and I were talking about it, we all we both skip the same scenes. We always <laughs> on the VHS, we skip to the song, uh, the love is gone. And then we skip to the uh, the third ghost ghost of the future because we we didn't like it. We thought yeah. it was creepy and scary and we didn't want to deal with it. I feel like when I saw it in theaters, there was like a v- visceral reaction from like the children in the audience when that happened, including myself. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not alone. So when it came out, it had some moderate box office success, but apparently we found out it was released along around the same time as the second Home Alone movie Uh-oh. and Disney's Aladdin. Whoa, that's... Ugh. I wonder why it's they put them all at the same time. <laughs> That's crazy. That happens, though. You know, it's like I, I have a few memories about a few movies that I really liked growing up that um, I remember there not being like a huge splash. And I think this was one of them where, um, you know, like I saw in theaters and I really liked it. But it feels like it took a while for it to like really pick up steam. I think like the Disney Channel uh, really helped with that. When Once it started getting like shown... Um, you know, regularly every Christmas. I think I feel like the fandom for this movie has really grown since it came out. Interesting yeah. fact as well. This is the first 
Disney Muppet movie. Yeah, good point. Kind of, it's hard to imagine anything not being Disney these days. <laughs> but <laughs> um, there was a time. They were in the works of owning the Muppets, and they didn't own them, own them until 2004. Mm. But it's Disney, uh, it's like uh, from, from Disney, a Jim Henson production. Uh, well, it's definitely got that Disney money. You can tell. Yeah. Like. Yeah, the budget was actually twelve million dollars. Wow. For it, which is a lot. Yeah. But back I mean, then. there was a lot of puppets in there, so. I know. Puppet handlers. Yeah. Uh, it was filmed in the UK. That's good. They kept it authentic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the American way. Like, the Disney. British way. British way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that scene. I forgot about that, too. It, again, it just has some of the best one-liners. Like, Muppet like movies the were... lamp, not the rat. <laughs> yeah, Muppet like, movies were always... being stolen. <laughs> yeah, Muppet movies were always so good at that. Like, just, yeah. Alrighty. Well, um... I think I think we covered everything, did we? Pretty much. Pretty much, I think so. <laughs> um, okay, well, let me get to my last couple of questions for you guys. So, so I have a couple last you questions uh, to wrap okay. up. Uh, my first question is, uh, you know, we've talked about it for this past hour, but if you had to summarize, uh, why do you think you've seen this movie so much? You know, why do you love it so much and why have you seen it so many times? It's funny to me like, I guess <laughs> it when is. I really think about it I don't think about all the heavy stuff so really they balanced it so well that the comedy aspect of it comes out first and really it's just a cult classic to me like my family watched it every year now I watch it every year it's 28 years old I guess like that's it doesn't feel like that long man it really does not what about you uh, I think for me it's nostalgia it's just so nostalgic for me it's like my first Muppet movie it's made me love them for so long. I've always, always loved the Muppets since this. And I feel like it just, it's such a good telling of a story that's so, that so many people have done and done versions of. But I think this version does such a good job uh, pertaining to kids, for kids to watch it and still being very, very truthful to all of the, uh, the, the actual like text and actual th like themes that it's supposed to be representing. Now you could argue it's educational. It really is. A lot of Gonzo's lines are actually like lifted from the book itself. Yeah, I mean it, you can tell because the dialogue feels, you know, heavy for Muppets. <laughs> but yeah, if you read the book, it definitely does. But that's why I, that's why I love it mm -hmm. because they they did such a good job with making it funny and fun but also being serious and being true to what it's supposed to be they, they didn't uh they didn't like really it's like a, it's a muppet movie but they didn't dis, uh, they did a didn't do it disservice that's what i wanted to say they didn't do it disservice to the source material and like make fun of it or anything like that they put all the making fun and different things that they're known for and put it around it to make it more watchable for a younger audience and that's really why i love it so much yeah i think that's perfect i agree i think you know i i have special memories with it you know seeing it in theaters and just watching it every year and the soundtrack is amazing and you know it, it is i think the best version of this uh, story that i've seen on screen i mean it sounds weird to say that but it it is it just is and um I just can't, I can't, I'll never be tired of watching it. I watch it every year. Um, if you had to pitch this to somebody, though, like your elevator pitch for this movie, what what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, like, <laughs> classic story with Muppets, comedy. Um, yeah, just fun time. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That's it in a nutshell. I mean, if you like The Pretty Muppets much. and you like Christmas Carol, you're going to like this movie, I think. Um, well, thank you guys so much for doing this. Um, you're so patient, waiting a whole year <laughs> to talk about this. Um, but I'm so glad that you guys came on. You had so many great facts, so many things I didn't think of. Um, but where, where can people find you? 
Uh, so we are on Facebook, we're on Etsy, we're on Instagram. Uh, our Instagram is uh, Enchanted underscore Enigma. Uh, Etsy is uh, EnchantedEnigmaCraft.etsy.com. And our Facebook is Facebook.com forward slash EnchantedEnigmaCraft. All different, just for confusion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know how that is. <laughs> yeah. But we, uh, yeah, we sell on there. We love custom work. So if you're interested in anything, just give us a message. Great. Well, thank you guys for coming on. And, you know, you definitely should come back and think of another movie, even another Muppet movie if you want, um, so that we can talk about it. Thank you. Let's do Treasure, Treasure Planet, uh, Treasure Island next time. We should do Muppet Treasure Island and then do like a comparison with uh, Treasure Planet. Oh, (laughs) man, this is becoming like a series. Getting advanced. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having us. Of course. Thank Thank you. you for taking, like, for inviting us we really appreciate it of course thank y'all